Welcome, this is Reflections at Kings, and I'm your co-host, Jabril. And I'm your other co-host, Takeshta. And today we have a, a guest by the name of David Ross. He's a social worker and a violence intervention specialist for the Violence Intervention Program at the University of Maryland Shock Trauma Center. And today I have a few questions for you, David. And my first question is, what is the University of Maryland um, Intervention Program? So the, the Violence Intervention Program at University of Maryland is a nonprofit program that um, visits the bedsides of patients who are admitted to the hospital with violent injuries. So I see all of the people who come in with gunshot wounds, stabs, assaults, and um, try to help them to put together a safety plan uh, once they get discharged from, from the hospital uh, with hopes that they won't come back with those same type of injuries again. Okay. Um, how did you get involved in your job at the Violence intervention program. So it's a a weird story, and I'll try to give you the short answer. I'm a spoken word um, performance poet. Uh, I do uh, creative uh, writing. I do spoken word poetry around the city, around the country. And the folks at this hospital saw me perform one time in Mondama Mall, and it was uh, a poem that was uh, about anti-violence. And they took that that video of theirs, they took it back to the hospital. Some folks there saw it, and it was like, hey, can y'all find this guy and bring him to the hospital to um, perform for some youth that we wanted to engage? They wanted to engage the community. And um, they found me. I connected with them and pretty much been there ever since in different roles. So um, I started doing that, engaging the community with that, and then the person who actually invited me to come to the hospital, he ended up leaving and I was offered his position. And I took his Mm. position and then I ended up going back to school uh, to get a degree in social work. So I got into it through poetry. Okay, so as of right now, what do you do there? So right now I do uh, bedside, what they call bedside intervention, where I go to the bedsides of patients who've been shot and stabbed and um, offer them different services um, to help them to uh, get reacclimated back to their life um, the, way, the way they want it to be. Um, and also I travel for the hospital, do media speaking engagements on the, on the behalf of the university. Um, I do trainings for Stop the Bleed to teach people how to um, apply tourniquets or, uh, you know, stuff in wounds, things like that. So, um, Does it feel scary sometimes seeing all these people wounded come into the hospital? Sometimes it is. Um, actually, I've had to go to the bedsides of a couple of family members, so that's scary because you never know who you're going to see, who names going to pop up. Um, so sometimes it is scary, yes. So as you saying that you had to go to like um, it's scary sometimes, and you had if some surprisingly you may see a family member. Do you have a certain mindset that you come into work every day with? So like, or or you already have that steady mindset that's already like set into you. Yeah, the mindset I try to start out with is. I hope that I can help somebody today. That's the mindset, one mindset that I have, um, mind frame that I'm in. Um, but aside from that, I'm try to prepare to see or encounter anything and everything. And we never know what that's going to be because everybody's situation is different. Um, but um, my one goal is to see if I can be supportive to someone who's in a situation like that because it's even more scary for them. As I'm um, working at your job um
Has it changed the way you see violence outside in the community? Hmm. Um, that's a very good question. I, I think yes, in a lot of ways. I see, I see patients who come in, um, they're at their most vulnerable point in their life. So you see some really, you know, otherwise tough guys, you know, on the streets, they're really tough guys, but you see them in the most vulnerable place they have ever been in. They cry, they are, are hurt, they are in pain, they are disappointed in people who they thought were their mm -hmm. friends who didn't come to the hospital to see them. Um, so, yeah. you know, that, that, that sense of loyalty they felt when they was running the streets or doing whatever mm -hmm. they was doing, they don't, they don't, uh, they feel the loss of that. So I try to support them with that. And a lot of the violence is, um, a part of it anyway is stemming from, from a lot of pain. You know, people are retaliating against other people. So if you did something to me, and I gotta do something to you, and my people are calling me to do something, you know, what do you want us to do? So um, it's kind of like a domino effect that kind of spills out. But um, a lot of people think that violence is just, for example, black on black crime but it's more about relationships and conflict and how to fix that. And I, I think a lot of people are not sure how to deal with their emotions, their hurt and their pain, so they fix it the best way they know how. Have you ever had like any relatable moments with any people you've been on your bedside with that like makes you feel that even more that you had to really, really help them? Yeah, um, it's very personal for me. I, I'm born and raised in Baltimore. Um, I have a lot of family members who have been victims you know, of violence and um, so, I can relate in a lot of ways to what they're going through. Um, I grew up mainly on the east side, but a lot of my family is from the west side as well. And the situations they, these people are going through, not having places to live, food to eat, unable to get jobs, having a record, you know, all of these things, and having children and families, these things kind of pile up on them. So my hope is like, man, if there's anything I can do to help you to get out of this situation that you don't have to be back here again, that's what I want to I want to be able to help with. Not saying I have all the answers, but um, at least to be a, a support. Yeah. Um, is do you um like do you feel proud to have working with these people and maybe saving a whole bunch of lives? I do. Um, the, product, the thing that feels best to me is when someone uh, is released from the hospital and I work with them for a while, even when they go home, and they start doing like amazing things in their lives. Like they end up buying homes, they go back to school, they get their first job. I watch babies being born. And, um, you know, when they could have been, been dead just a year ago, yeah. you know, and they come back and be like, man, you really, you really helped me out, you know. Those are the things that keeps me going. Um, and it kind of offsets those moments where it don't go so well. There's some times where those people, we get them fixed back up, they go back out, and the same thing happens to, to them again, except mm -hmm. this time we can't save them. So the good moments outweigh not our way, I don't want to say that, but those good moments help me to keep pushing forward because it is difficult when those sad moments arrive. That's good. Yeah. Um. Who is the most affected um, by violence and why do you think that is? You know, what's, what's crazy interesting about violence is that there, there's, there are levels to it. So, 
you have your primary person, let's say the person who was injured. Then you have the person who is what they call the perpetrator who, who inflicted the injury. And then you have people who are bystanders who witnessed it. And then you have people who heard about it. So all of these people were very much affected. You know, they, um, they experience um, primary trauma. They experience, have you ever heard of secondary trauma or vicarious trauma? No. So have you, you know, for example, let's say you know someone in your family who was shot or was stabbed. Um, that affects you, you know, mm-hmm. and so because that affects you, even though it didn't directly happen to you, you are um, you're experiencing vicarious trauma or secondary trauma, mm-hmm. where you're still sad about that. Like, oh man, they shot my, my they shot my dad. You know, you feel that, so you're very much affected. Your dad is also affected. If the person who did the shooting, if they get arrested, right? or killed, then their family is affected. So it spreads out, it it hurts a lot of people at the same time. Even the person who heard the gunshots outside the window is affected by that, you know? So it affects a lot of people at the same time. So to say who it affects the most, it affects everyone who is connected to that. Does this ever ever make you look at Baltimore different or? Because you know we have a high murder rate, so, so does this ever make you look at look at Baltimore in like a negative way, or is your it's always just been looking positive? It makes me sad, but I know a lot of good people, a lot of good things that go on here, um, and that's my hope. So does it make me look at it in a negative way? No, I look at it as there are a lot of hurting people here, and so what can we do to for them to? find a place of joy and peace and happiness. And we see it happen all the time. It's kind of like if you, um, you know, you know, people talk about like fathers not being around, but I know a lot of fathers who are around. But I had that same thought. You know, my dad wasn't really in my life, but when I had a son, I was all of a sudden started seeing men with their kids. Yeah. And so they've always been there. So it's kind of like getting a new car. You get a new car and all of a sudden you see that same car all over the street. They've always been there, but you didn't pay attention to it. So I think if we pay more attention to the good things in Baltimore, um, we can be- begin to shift that ne- that narrative, even though there are negative things that happen that doesn't have to define us. Um, since you have been working, has have you mentally changed in how you see the world? Yeah. Um, to be honest, Acosta, it's hard sometimes. Like it's emotionally draining. It really is. And um, doing stuff like this with you guys, when I see y'all like doing something positive, and it's, it's really it feels good to be here to see y'all running your own show, Thank doing you. the things. Thank you. And so that gives me hope, and that makes me feel good, you know. And so, again, it takes away from the top of the news. We turn on the news in the morning, and we see how many murders have been committed. We, looked at Mur- we look at Murder, Inc., and we see all of the murders. But a lot of people survive those situations. So I think one of the ways we can possibly fix it is by loving and supporting the people who actually survive. Because there are a lot more people who survive um, ill situations like that than you know, the ones who are murdered. So the way that we can honor those who were murdered, we can support the people who actually survived. Since you work in tra- shock trauma, I know there's probably been like a seriously bad day. Has that seriously bad day ever made you like want to stop or like, no, you just kept going? 
Yeah, I, I've had a couple of times that maybe want to stop. One of my clients was was killed. Uh, he was admitted to the hospital um, in 2013. Um, I helped him, and we were getting things on point. He had a son, um, and that he was raising. He was changing his life. He got his first job. He was doing, got his first car. All of this stuff, and it felt like I was raising a child, kind of. And like two or three years after that, he was killed. You know, successfully mm-hmm. killed by someone by the same people who was trying to murder him. So that was very hard for me. It made me think: Could I have done anything better? Should I have tried to get him out of town? He had all of these great ideas and dreams and goals, things he wanted to accomplish. So it made me wonder if, I, if I'm doing enough. Did I do enough? Could I have changed things? But um, someone informed me that you know, hey, would he have lived that long if he didn't? Um, Engage, you know, with you. If I never engaged him, like, would he would he have had those good and happy times, you know, that he did experience in his final days? So, um, but yes, to answer your question, there there are times that make me feel that way. So, people that you have successfully successfully um, healed and helped, has you um has your relationship grown with them? And like, sometimes you might hang out with them, stuff like that. Yeah, um, it. So I don't get to hang out with them, but I mean... I mean, like, outside of um, your job, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I don't make it a practice, like, to hang out with um, clients, mm-hmm. but I do maintain relationships with some of them. So they'll call me or I'll call them just to see how they're doing. Or they'll send me things, you know, um, you know, uh, about good things that's happening in their lives. And um, so that, that feels good. So we do... I do keep in touch with some of them. You know, they let me know things that's, that's going on with them. Okay. Um, since you said you were a poet, do you still do poetry to this day and try like add that into your job right now? I do, um, yeah, I do. I do. Um, yeah, that's so. That's how I got this job. Yeah. And and so when we have events like um, like we we have something called promoting healthy alternatives for teens, which is a program where young people come to the hospital and we teach them about the hospital, um, healthy decision making, and things like that. So I usually will just start that event off with a poem or something, oh, um, just to get people interested. Okay. Any last thoughts or anything before we close out? The uh, only thought I have is that I'm grateful to be here. I thank y'all for having me thank um, you. on your show. Thank so. you for being here. Thank you. Once again, I'd like to thank David Ross from the University of Maryland Shock Trauma from being here. And this is Takesta from The Reflection of Kings. And stay out of trouble, kids. Um, see you next time. This is Jabril, and it's all love, man. <laughs>